All righty, guys, this is Jim Collins, and welcome to another episode of Journey to the Pit. Today, we are doing a rescheduled interview that we were supposed to have last night, or at least tried to have last night, with Cinder Robinson from Boneyard Farm, located in Alabama. Uh, we all know that Facebook crashed last night, so we could not get this interview done. Um, the great thing is she had the opportunity and she had the availability to be able to reschedule. We wanted to get this interview in. You know, it was a highly anticipated interview. A lot of people were asking and, 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 and waiting uh, for this interview. So Cinder was able to come on and say, hey, I can still do it tomorrow. So um, we got it done. You know, we got a little late start, but you're just trying to get things together. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. Y'all guys should enjoy this interview. Uh, tonight, we're going to be pretty much talking with Sindel about the health, diseases, you know, uh, worming, different types of health things like that. We're not going to be talking too much about bloodlines um, and those kind of things like a lot of our other interviews are. She's going to bring a, a different perspective tonight uh, to these interviews, and it's going to be pretty much things that she has learned from her experience on her farm. She's a part of a husband and wife team. Uh, her husband is Anthony, and uh, they run Boneyard Farms down there in Alabama. So this is going to be great. And like I said, there's a lot, a lot of stuff to be learned. She's going to bring a lot of um, uh, different perspectives and understanding to a lot of things that we deal with all the time uh, on our farms. And uh, it's great. You know, her and I had an opportunity to talk about different topics and subjects. And I was really amazed at the uh, information and the knowledge that she had had from learning from what she was dealing with on their farm to what she learned from the lab. So I'll let her kind of get into that and get into the details of uh, of that, and then we'll just kind of take it from there. Let me go ahead and bring her on, um, and then we can go ahead and get this interview started. She'll be coming on in five. Hello, Cindel. How you doing today? Hey, good. How are you? Great. Is the audio and visual good on your end? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everything is good. good. So yeah. before we get started, I want to go ahead and say the disclaimer, which is always the same disclaimer. All the information okay. discussed in this interview is for historical, educational, and entertainment purposes only. None of this information is intended for any illegal purposes, and all opinions are respected of the individual. So now we got the disclaimer out the way. Uh, I right. already introduced you, Sindhu. So why don't you just go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, how did you get started in game foul? You know, how old were you? Are you second generation? You know, those kind of details. And we'll just roll from there. Okay. Well, uh, where we live, when I was a kid, we didn't really have it. We had dogs and cats, but we really didn't have any animals. And uh, right. so I met my best friend, uh, Delilah, when I was around seven or eight years old. And okay. uh, the first time I went to spend the night at her house... Uh, I noticed she had chickens and horses and cows and, you know, right. all kind of animals. And uh, right. so the, ne the next morning we went out, one of her chores every day was to feed the roosters. And they were all, you know, game fowl chickens. And I wow. loved it. I fell in love. I walked with her while she fed them. You know, she fed them out of any can like her daddy told her. And uh, yeah. I absolutely loved it. I fell in love. He had all different, you know, he had blues and all different color chickens and Right. I just fell in love with it right then. And that was like, after, that was like one of her chores. So I took, I, I stayed over there a lot. I mean, I spent the night with her every time, you know, I was allowed to when I was a kid. And so, right. you right. know, when she got ready for that chore, I was like, I want to do it, you know, because I loved it. <laughs> I loved it, you know. Exactly. Stuff like that. So, and I fell in love with it. And her daddy, he would carry us to the shows, you know, right. they would, uh, 
we wouldn't go to real big ones. Mostly like, you right. know, a bunch of people in a barn. They'd make us girls, right. you know, get up in the hayloft and we could watch through. But uh, right. they would let us get, you know, chickens out of the pile and take them home. Right. You know, right. and, and me and right. Delilah, we would get them all fixed up and, you know, everything. Yeah. And then we would take them later on and go against her cousins with them. You know, well, so, so so basically, you was when you started young, so you kind of started to get to learn on how to care for birds at a very young age, huh? Yes, yes, and I loved it. We loved it. We had yeah. a ball. We might not have nothing but our break money, you know, right? That we saved up to, you know, bet That's on right. it. But we we loved it. We would always wow. get the get those chickens out of the pile, you know, and doctor them up. Couldn't wait to get doctor- over there to go against them boys. <laughs> <laughs> so. And so the, you kind of had, that was your first little team, huh? Just you and her, yeah. you and Delilah. Yep, yep. Wow. That's a, how old did you say you were around that time? I was around seven or eight. So I was Wow. Yeah. Wow. And even, and so, even as I growed up, uh, you know, like when I was like 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. I would go over there because I wanted, you know, game chickens. I would go over there right. and get some from Buddy. Buddy Harville was her right. daddy, so I got them from. I would get them and sneak them and take them to the house. And we had a field, and it most of the time stayed overgrown. I'd sneak them to the right. back of the field where my mama wouldn't know it, you know, and try to keep them there. I had some tie cords and some pins, but most of the time the yeah. coyotes always got them. So <laughs> I give up on it for a while, you know, until uh, – but that's right around the time when I was uh, 17, I met Anthony, too. And uh, right. we was dating probably about a month, and – uh. You know, we had never talked about game fowl or anything before. We hadn't been right. dating that long. And uh, I was over right. at his house one day. And I'm kind of competitive anyway. So I was over at his house one day, and this guy come up. And uh, he had, he asked Anthony, he was like, can you uh, trim these spurs off this chicken for me? You know, mm-hmm. trim the spurs. And uh, I told Anthony, I let him go ahead with that guy, you know, and I went out there with him. And I was like, what do you know about game chickens, you know? Yeah. And he was like, well, yeah. You, he was like, we've had them all our life, you know, which he didn't have them at the time. His daddy had just opened, well, his paint company had just got really, really successful and commercial and right. stuff. So, right. you know, with that, you know, he didn't want, Took you know, time away. the public, right. That right. was his, so, uh, but his dad did give, uh, Alton Way, uh, his original bloodline. So, as soon as we moved out, I was around 18 or 19. I was already, uh, when I turned 18, I went straight into welding. But as soon as we okay. moved out, um, I went to Buddy's, and I got some of his bloodlines. And Anthony come home from work one day, and I opened the shed door, and I was like, I got a surprise for you. And he was like, you got game chickens? And I was like, yeah. Wow. And um, so he was like, he said, well, if you, if you, if you want to get in this, we're going to get in it. You know, we're going to. You know, start right. back because he loved it too. I mean, he loved right. it. He missed it, and uh, right. so we went to Alton, and he had he had some of the same hens with the same bands from his daddy's. So we got all our original bloodlines back together. Wow! So, and it wasn't even so he and so Anthony didn't even know you was going to get those game chickens. He just came onto the house, and there you had some in the barn. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I always, I, always, I always use the term. It's so uh, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. So I just went and got yes. it when I got off work <laughs> and surprised him with them. So that is awesome. But, that is awesome. So tell me this. 
tell me this, Sindhu. Where y'all guys, y'all have a beautiful operation now. And obviously, I have watched it, I have watched it grown over the years. So I know y'all didn't start out obviously this as big as y'all are today. Um, no. So tell me, were y'all in the same? Were you at today? Is that originally where the barn was that you brought the surprise? You know. No, no. We we lived. Uh, it's not too far from where we are now, but we didn't have but right. I think an acre, an acre and a half. Mm -hmm. Probably less than a half acre in the back. We had a big right. cock house set up, you know, and we was a we was able to raise, you know, just enough for us and and we right. battled diseases back then too, but you know, we didn't have Facebook and you right. know, it was harder to get when you called a lot of the big guys, it was harder. They were so busy, you know, it was harder for right. to get information. And right. um right. so which we did pretty good there because we were just mm -hmm. raising a small amount. But right. once we moved is when we really got into the diseases. And okay. That's okay. when I go to the uh had to go to the testing. You know, a lot of people right. we was getting uh diseases like uh coccidiosis bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh so and especially in older chickens, we was having the coccidiosis mm -hmm. in like eight to one year old chickens when we moved okay. from place to place. So, okay. Most people, I would try to ask all the locals and stuff, you know, you know, right. what is it and stuff like this. And they would always mm -hmm. be like, well, just knock it in the head, just knock it in the head. And, you know, mm -hmm. me and Anthony's theory was we looked in books and books and books. But a lot of the same uh, symptoms for these different diseases and stuff, you know, they're right. so similar. You don't know. Right. So right. that's when we decided, you know what, we just need to go get them tested. Uh, right. So I called, I called and called you know, until I finally got in touch with uh, Wallace State and uh, okay. started carrying them over there and getting them tested. And okay. I found out the reason why we were having coccidiosis there, even mm -hmm. though we was worming, that's another thing. Uh, you know, I think it's a good idea to test your wormers because mm -hmm. some of them have more filler in it than the active than, ingredients. Than, than active ingredients. So, so yeah. not that not to cut you off, Cindy. I want to I want to okay. recap because I think you know you made some very valid points. Okay. You know, uh, you talked about when y'all was on a smaller farm, and then you, mm -hmm. you know y'all guys move, and when y'all moved, that's when y'all started to build their a bigger operation. Anthony was more so focused on the breeding and the bloodlines and that kind of stuff, and you mm -hmm. started to be more focused, obviously probably from nature, because at seven eight years old, you was already into the doctoring the chickens up back when you was a kid. So you kind of just fell right into that position. So, right. which we, went, we wasn't selling them at that. When we, as soon as we moved, we didn't decide to start selling them. We still raised them for several years just for us. Right. You know, but right. that's when I, right. I was testing then. Yeah. Testing then. So mm -hmm. y'all guys moved to a bigger farm, you know, um, and, and y'all started to kind of, you know, raise more chickens. Mm -hmm. A lot of the locals and stuff like that, y'all guys reached out to them to kind of get some information on why some of y'all birds were getting sick. Mm -hmm. But like you said, the symptoms that they were telling you find you found out that a lot of those symptoms is kind of similar to multiple different diseases. Correct. Right. right yes. Right. So right. It's hard so, to distinguish. so and I would get, you know, they'd be like, well, try this antibiotic or try this or try this or try this. And none of it seemed to really work. I told Anthony, you know, even if even if one did work, we still don't know what it is for sure. You know, if, if we find out and, they, and that was his thinking, too, you know, we need to find out right. exactly what we're battling. You know, right. So, right. That's what got us so, into the so testing, and it's helped a got lot. I can imagine because then you getting scientific proven evidence of what it is. There's right. no if ands or buts or you know I, I learned this from my granddaddy, and not saying they will be wrong, 
But no, still, no. now you got the scientific definition of why this is happening and exactly what it is. So, so y'all guys, so you kind of got into the testing early in the stage of y'all farm, not late into the stage. Early, yeah. We got into it early. Before, way early. before we ever started selling. Yeah. And, gotcha. Um, the reason that chicken, and even though he was worming, the reason that chicken got coccidiosis is because he had worms. You know, because if a chicken's got worms, that's just like the COVD-19 thing. You know, if they got an underlying condition, right? even though they, they, they get antibodies, you know, to fight off coccidiosis, if they're infested right. with worms, you know, right. that can cause other issues. It can cause their, you know, immune system not to be able to fight off what it normally does. Right. So, so Cinder, I want to stop you right there because that's a very, that's a great point. So, basically... What y'all guys had learned was, um, you know, worming can 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 be an underlying condition and allow other issues to arise because the worming is is knocking down the immune system. Yes. So if they wasn't in say infested or dealing with a worm situation, some of that stuff would never even be an issue. Is that basically right. what you're saying? Yes. And and we and, and we and, were worming every 21 days. So then that's when okay. we got. We did a lot of tech. We went through a lot of birds, you know, in one year, I think we went through 40 or 50 taking them up there, which wow. up there, it was fairly cheap for $25. You I think you can get up to 30 tested. Wow. And, um, yeah. So it was fairly cheap. So if one even looked like it might be sick, we was like, well, let's see what it's got. You know, we was interested, you know, the information. That's right. So, That's uh, right. so it helped a lot. And I noticed something really beneficial that helped with getting them tested too especially that many we noticed that just about every one of them had roundworms there they was had what no roundworms roundworms there what there was hardly ever we would have tapeworms and other worms but it was mostly roundworms so we knew wow. then to look for the active ingredient the best ingredients in the wormers for roundworms but that's what led me into, because we didn't have Facebook back then, that's what led me right. into the excellence. You know, I called, I had to get uh, international calling on my phone. And mm -hmm. um, so I called all kind of people over in the Philippines. Right. And right. Manny, uh, the, the guy that owns Pit Games, Manny Bourbon, right. he answered the phone. Right. And uh, he hooked me up with the medicine. We tested it. No worms. Mm -hmm. So... You know, that's what wow. we've used ever since. So. so so that's great. And I want to make sure that we understand. So basically, another thing that you learned from all this testing was maybe some of the wormer that y'all guys were using at the time. Now, tell me this. Was it wormer that didn't cover round worms or was it wormer that y'all were using that didn't really have a strong enough active ingredient to address the round worms? It didn't have a strong enough active ingredient. I mean, it had the active ingredient, but... To my knowledge, it had so much filler. It was capsules. It had so much filler in it, mm -hmm. and not enough of the main ingredient that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It wasn't doing hardly anything. It wasn't doing hardly anything. So tell me nope. this, Sindhu. So that that's an amazing thing that you're saying because that's a lot of things that's overlooked because we all take this stuff on face value. Mm -hmm. If the label say this, that's the end of it. You know what I mean? And we like, oh, you know, I, I I don't like that wormer because I use that wormer and it doesn't work. Well, it's probably now. Tell me this, Sindel. Okay. Was it the the brand 
or was it just the fact that inconsistency that that company was putting in those bottles? You follow what I'm saying? Like, say it, it was um, Wising, you know, what did y'all guys find an inconsistency in the bottles as far as the active ingredient? No, I mean, it was it was the fit. It was too much filler and not enough active ingredient. There was, I, okay. I want to say there was only one or two active ingredients for worms in that wormer that we was getting at the time. And right. it wasn't touching them. It wasn't you know, touching them. And, and y'all know and that. I, and, and we peeled the capsules apart, you know, and looked right. and called the company, which I don't like. I don't like to get in a controversy, so I don't want to, like, you right. know, name no names. But, right. you know, we, we broke the capsules open and looked and, you know, it wasn't enough active ingredient to kill the worms. They got it tested and everything and found out that it wasn't enough active. So that's yeah. what I'm talking about. I think and it's kind of like. Just an analogy. It's kind of like when you purchase a car, they say, oh, this car go from zero to 60 and and five point seconds and it stop on this this many feet. Well, when you actually go purchase that car from the factory, yo, the one that you purchased might not go from zero to 60 in that many seconds and it might not have the braking power and that much distance. So. That was why I asked you, you know, some of these companies, they produce a lot of product. And when they start to produce too many products, the quality of the products start to go down. That's why exactly. I was asking that question. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. they might yes. initially came out and was putting a correct amount really in good. there. So, right. Really good. Yeah. And as and time goes on. Mm -hmm. And I've seen on Facebook, you know, where uh, recently people's, you know, come out on different products and said, you know, right. they didn't have enough, you know, they were putting too much filler. They were diluting right. it and stuff like that. Right. So it's always right. good. Me and Anthony really like to test. And it's kind of fun, too. I mean, you know, to test. That's see, right. You know. That's right. I mean, it, listen, especially when you're running an a, a operation like y'all guys are doing, that is something that's extremely, I won't say profitable, but it affects the whole operation. Like if you got birds with worms and you raising these birds, you raising three, four, five hundred of them and half of them got worms, but they all get in this worm medicine. Now you got half of the birds that you probably won't be able to sell because they're going to end up getting sick. You're going to start putting all this money into them. Now it's yep. not even worth raising. So, yep. so again, the bigger you are, the more, the, the more important it is to make sure that you're actually getting exactly what you think you're getting or, or what right. you're paying for. Basically when it comes in, I'm pretty sure that applies to other things on the farm besides the medicine. They got to be the feed, you know, every aspect. Oh, yeah. Y'all got to y'all getting actually what y'all think y'all getting correct yeah yes and i was gonna let you know too like if anybody like wanted to get their their birds tested uh right i got a note notepads here you know so uh it it'll come and when you get it when you get them tested and they send you the uh paperwork back whether you want it right. in the mailbox or email it's gonna right. be in scientific names so okay. roundworms may say ascardia and okay Anthony, Anthony's a lot bit he knows a lot more of the, you know, the scientific Latin terms and stuff like right. that than I do. Right. But, right. you know, just so it don't confuse anybody, because when I got it back, right. I was like, what is this? You know, like, right. I ain't right. never heard of this. And Anthony was like, oh, right. that's the scientific name, you know. So just to let the viewers know if they decide to get some tested, they might have to get on right. Google, you know, to see what. If, what, what the names mean. Right. No, that, that's a great. So, so basically, um. Hold on one second, because it looks okay. like somebody in there uh, that's saying that they cannot hear. 
I think, uh, Jose, okay. I think that may be your phone because it looks like everybody else can hear. Um, so, Jose, that, that, that may be your phone. Um, that is, you might have to cut it off and cut it back on as far as that. What kind of protein you guys feed? Francisco, we're going to kind of stay on topic right now. We'll get to that. Just post whatever questions you have for Sindhu in the comment section. and She can get to some of these questions later. You want to kind of just stay on topic right now. I'm pretty sure she can address those questions later. You know, they're asking about what kind of proteins and stuff like that you use. That's something mm -hmm. you can answer later on, you know, okay. in, in the comment section. Okay. So, okay, so now we back to this wormer because it seems like, and I don't know, you tell me, it seems like worms can be the can can allow a whole bunch of other issues become yes. an issue on your farm just based on worms. Oh yeah. And if you're not and if you don't have if you're not getting the wormer that you think you're getting, it's going to send you on a wild goose chase because yep. you want to you want to mark worms off the chart like oh I know they ain't got the worms because I wormer every 21 days it got to be this it got to be that. You was yep. doing the same thing, huh? Every 21 days. I mean, we we wasn't selling back then, so we, you know, we right. was doing it. You know, we was trying, we right. wanted the, you know, the healthiest birds and right. come to find out our wormer wasn't doing nothing. The so. wormer wasn't doing anything and then y'all had to start dealing with a whole bunch of, so how did y'all know, well, I guess the testing is what lets y'all know that the wormer wasn't doing anything, right? Yes, because we would get, we, we, I mean, we would get them, I'd go up there every two or three weeks. Because once right. we found out, you know, once we started finding out information, you know, about stuff, you know, it, it excited right. us. It was like, you know, this is good information. You know, we'll know right. exactly what antibiotics to give for this and give for that, right. you know. So right. it it was good information, uh, very good information that we got. Very good information. Mm -hmm. So tell me this. Um, so you learn from the testing or the lab. The, now, who is it? Is it veterinarians or is it just lab people? It's a college. It's a it's Wallace State College. And what they okay. do is they send it to Auburn. But I think I want to say the natural. Uh, I mean, the uh, let's see. I got this stuff. The uh, National Poultry Improvement Plan. I want to say they mm -hmm. may do it, too. But I know, you know, you may have to do your research because some states, right. you know, we have a lot of chicken houses in our states. So we have a lot of, right. you know, poultry programs in our college. So in some states right. may not. So you may have to get up with your, you know, you, you know, agriculture, you know, they just state, have to every Google state, it. Every state calls it something different. Exactly. So. uh Oh. You went out on me. Hey, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Mm -mm. I can't hear you. Okay. I'm not sure this is. In there. Let's see.
I can't hear you. Let me flip this thing upside down and see, make sure it's. Whatever that was, it almost worked. I can almost hear you. I, I, I can hear you a little bit. Oh, you can hear me now? Just a little bit. It's real faded. Okay, you know what it is? It's, it's these earphones are brand new. Uh, it's like, it's, it's, and everybody who's watching for the viewers kill me. You know, uh, the Lord, this is all, this is the only headset I have. Um, Can the viewers hear you? Give me one second. Okay. They can, they can barely hear me. Um, give me one second. Okay. Let me see. I'm going to this too.
Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, good. Oh, you can hear me now. Uh, yes. I think, hold on, let me see here. I actually think it is, all right, well, if everybody can hear me and I can hear you, okay. So we good. Okay. We back this. I found out what it is. I guess, uh, I don't know if it's the earphones or what it is, uh, but this is the second time it happened. So I'm sorry all about right. that. Oh, Let's, okay. <laughs> let's go back to what I don't even know why it blanked out like that. It threw up the whole operation. Um, okay. it, could, it could be this headset. Okay. So everybody can hear us. So Sindhu, okay. let's get back. This one totally threw me off my train of thought. Go okay. ahead and start off where you left off. Well, one thing I was going to say is, uh, the testing really helped a lot. Uh, when we moved to our new place, which is where we're at okay. now, okay. we started, uh, we started, and we, well, we didn't think about it until we woke up one day and went outside to feed the chickens. And we noticed that, right. uh, and we were still working at the time, both full-time jobs. And we right. noticed that a couple uh, roosters had swelled up eyes, swelled up faces. Mm -hmm. So we right. immediately took them to get tested. Okay. She told me what it was. She asked me, it was uh, infectious chryza. She asked me, did we live near chicken houses? And I said, well, no, we don't live right near chicken houses, but our neighbors had just spread chicken litter. And she was like, okay, you know, they're vaccinated for everything. You know, chicken what? house chickens. Yes, they're vaccinated for everything. So that's where that was coming from. So we immediately quarantined them, you know, and took them straight up there. That way we know what it was. So right. then we started, that's why we, we test a lot. You know, take them up right. there because we do have chicken trucks that go by. Okay. And the neighbors, they don't, they haven't done that in years, but you know, we right. do have still chicken trucks that go by our house. So right. for people right. that's living around, you know, chicken houses or where they're spreading right. litter, you know, right. They could get stuff from that too, different diseases. So tell me, Sindel, that that's okay. a great point. So tell me this. So say, so basically, just because of where y'all guys are positioned at, you have to vaccinate, right? Yes. Wow. Yes. That's Which a we very, don't, very we good... Don't we don't vaccinate for infectious chryza. We only had that okay. problem one time when they did that litter. Okay. And uh, okay. we've never never had that problem again. But okay. they don't ever spread it anymore. So, got you. you know, we got them chickens out of there and got them, well, we, you, you know, we quarantined them. We're still working. So we quarantined them for a while, way on the right. other side of the property. And then when I, whenever right. I could get to it, we cured them. So, right. So, so tell me this, Sindel. So do y'all guys do any vaccination at all or? Yeah, we vaccinate for Merrick's and then uh, for coccidiosis, which Merrick's is a viral and, uh, you know, coccidiosis is bacterial. So a bacterial infection, right? Yeah. So when you say you gotcha. vaccinate for coccidiosis, I mean, you can say you vaccinate for it, you know, but you're just, all you're doing is giving them a little bit of it, you know, so they'll, they're, they'll get immune to it. It'll they'll help their immunity to it. to it. Right. Got you. Got you. So, so tell me what was like, um, what would you say would be the biggest challenge to y'all on the health side, you know, as far as is there any particular disease or infection or anything like that, that y'all guys battle the most or had the hardest battle with to kind of get it under control? Well, when we started raising, uh, you know, big, big amounts of game, fat, you know, game chickens, right. Uh, right. you know, we had trouble, which by then we already knew, you know, 
because of testing, how to deal with it, what to get. I'd done got in touch with, uh, you know, Manny had done put me on the excellence products, you know, I knew what to use and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was a lot easier, you know, since we already was testing and knew that stuff. Got you, got you, got you. So that's great to hear. All right. So um, testing kind of laid the foundation for y'all guys' health program, basically, right? Yes. Yep. So y'all do a lot of things a lot more different than what y'all were doing prior to the testing, right? Yeah. So yeah, tell prior me this. To the testing, I mean, you know, it was like all the old timers like knock it in the head, you know, so the other ones didn't right. get it, you know, but you, right. it's gone. Once we got to the new farm, you know, and it's going to come back, you know, once right. a chicken got sick there, it's like, it's just like going to the doctor's office, you know. Right. And getting diagnosed, you, you know, to get the right medicine. So we just kind of right. put that theory behind it and was like, you know, we got to get them all tested to see, you know, what's going, what on. They ha- what's going on. Right. Because actually I have heard from some, you know, from some other breeders that, you know, when they start getting big, they start dealing with issues that they never dealt with before. And mm-hmm. they were kind of saying the same thing. They took the birds to get tested. And as soon as they got it, they said, oh, you know, how many birds do you have? Do you have over 100? They're like, yeah, well, you know, once you get to 100, you know, you typically going to have these type of problems. You know, once you get to five or 600, you probably typically going to have these type of problems. I was like, wow. He's like, yeah, because we were kind of confused. You know, when we were mm-hmm. smaller, we were not dealing with all of these issues. You know, right. but once we got over 100, 150 birds, it seemed like we started dealing with a whole bunch of issues. And we're like, we're not doing anything different. You know, we're still in the same spot. We breed the same birds. Why are we dealing with these issues? You know, we, we cleaning the water cups and everything. We doing all this stuff the way we've been doing it with a healthy flock. Now, all of a sudden, we got over 100 birds and we're dealing with a whole bunch of other issues that we never dealt with. And again, what they basically did was they did the same thing y'all guys did. We need to go to a lab because we need yeah. to figure because we're lost right now. We can't go through and knock 300 young birds in the head after you would unfred them fed them and raised them and all that. I'm not about to go knock 300 in the head until I find out exactly what's going on, you know, because again, I don't want next season. I'm knocking another three or 400 in the head. So that's pretty much what y'all guys were dealing with also, huh? Right. Yep. And, but you know, once we got, once we got to raising a lot, you know, we knew, you know, like if you get so many bitties confined in an area, you know, they could get coccidiosis, you know, like for the small, for the small time breeders, if you put them all, you know, bunched up together, you know, that's a good way to get coccidiosis. So, Just on it, where you house them, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And where you put the feed, how you feed them, whether you feed them in Let's, a container, something like that off the ground, or if you're just throwing right. it on the ground, you know, stuff like that. It's a lot of stuff. Rats, rats can uh, carry coccidiosis. We had a bad okay. problem with that at our old place where what we it, used to live. See, so that's great. So what we're going to do, Cindy, we're going to just rewind so you can go ahead okay. and kind of walk us through the different scenarios. You said, now let's talk about the feed. You know, you said it's coccidios can be caused by the way you're feeding them. Mm-hmm. Like, do you recommend feed them in a, you know, in a, in a tray, feed them on the ground? You know, what what have you learned? And what would you recommend? Off the ground. You know, in a tray. Off well, the ground? I mean, it just depends, you know, like. It just depends on how big or small you are, you know, Okay. a small little tray or something, you know, if you don't have, if you're not raising that many, you know, or like right. us, we got big old long, you know, troughs, we feed them in. So it, it just depends. Okay. It just depends, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so say if you feed a hundred or less, what you think? 
I would try to find something, you know, big and long. You know, we've used gutter. I think they're, I forget what they're called. They go on top of houses. Uh, I know what you're houses. talking about. Yeah, those yeah. things. We've mm -hmm. used those before and we use those. And then we've built little troughs before, you know, right. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I've seen guys use bamboo. I've seen guys use use four inch, you know, PVC pipe. They just cut it kind of like in half so they can kind of have that. So you kind of recommend to try to feed them on that. But you just said yep. feed them on the ground. Do, would you recommend feeding them on the ground no, also? No, don't feed them on the ground. Uh -uh. Don't now, feed I mean, them on the ground. Get, gotcha. I mean, once they get, you know, like pen and age, we feed them on the ground. Right. You know? Okay. Okay. Now in the Philippines, they don't. But we, we still do. And we, we've based right. a lot of stuff off of, you know, watching people in the Philippines and what they do. And we've had, you know, uh, Manny and Leo and Dennis Pingoy, right. that they've brought the vets out and they've helped us a lot, especially when we was going to a larger scale. You know, right. we already knew about the diseases and stuff, but it was like, you know, right. y'all might want to do this different if y'all are going to have so many babies in here, you know. Got you. And that goes back to the, so the feather picking you was wanting to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about that because I got a lot of messages about the feather picking because I want to kind of stay on this because, like you say, okay. you have gotten a lot of feedback and a lot of input from a lot of experts. And it's actually you have seen the positive benefits from it. So I want to try to extract as much detailed information about this as possible. So, okay. so um, let's get back to the coccidiosis because I want to make sure we give the, you know, we give the viewers as much information as possible. So okay. the crowding, the crowding of chicks can cause coccidiosis. Feeding them on the ground can kind of cause coccidiosis. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Is it? Any, mm -hmm. It's it's once they go on the ground. Now, we don't. Okay. When they're in the brooders, as long as mm -hmm. you keep those brooders clean, and we use Lysol mm -hmm. bleach, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. As long as you keep mm -hmm. them clean, they shouldn't mm -hmm. get coccidiosis. I see okay. a lot of people breeders on here. Right. Right. That use T-Pox way early. They say they keep their say they keep them in there a month. They might want to use T-Pox, you know, when they a, a, a week after they put them in there. I've seen people do that. Right. T-Pox, right. you can use it as a, uh, you know, to cure it, or you can use it right. as a preventative. So we may use, you know, which we use a, a we're, we're vaccinating now, but used to we at the end. Before we got them out of our brooders, we would use T-Pox okay. as a preventative okay. before they go out okay. on the ground. Because they actually mm -hmm. get the coccidiosis from the ground or their feces. Mm, that's why it's important to keep those brooders clean. Yes. I think it's called a oops or something like that. They can get it from mm -hmm. that. And mm -hmm. Anthony, know, like like I said, Anthony, he knows all the scientific names about it, you know. But That's fine. No, just yeah. layman terms. You know, I'm pretty okay. sure everybody's watching this. None of us know the scientific name. Well, I ain't going to say none of us. The vast majority of us don't know the scientific name. Okay. We know it just like you know it. It's the only way we Right, exactly. Yep. That's how we understand it, just like that. So, yep. so we got to feed it on the ground can cause it. Uh, overcrowding, mm -hmm. the brooders can cause it. Brooders not being clean can cause it. So, you know, I just kind of want to walk through some things of, so the well, viewers not, can keep not, in mind. Maybe not necessarily overcrowding the brooders as long as you're keeping them clean, you know, where they're not gotcha. getting out of picking at each other's feces and stuff like that. Gotcha. You know, but overcrowding gotcha. in the brooders will cause pecking, you know, so. Will cause the pecking. Heat, overcrowding, right. boredom, mm -hmm. lights. Lots of things mm -hmm. can cause pecking.
pecking. Okay, so mm -hmm. now, um, so we got him out there. Real quick, uh, I see somebody asks for wild bird carriers. Okay, I'm going to pull this up and maybe you might know. Um, okay. Manuel asks, Manuel asks, I'm going to pull the question up on the screen. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, but it says, no, uh, does it. wild bird, oh, you can see it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can okay. See it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. I'm glad you can see it. So he said, does our wild birds carriers also of it? Can you a have an issue with wild birds? Yes. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm okay. Sure. Well, at least we addressed that question. He says something about the buildup of moist poop. I guess that kind of goes back to what uh what you were what you were saying about the build why you should keep the brooders clean. Clean. So you don't yeah. have the buildup of the poop and they right. don't start eating on it. Okay, beloved is a parasite disease. Intestinal. Let me pull up this next question, um, and maybe we can address that one. Okay. If you can see it, can you see that question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Okay. That's all right. Great. So I just want to make yeah. sure, and I'm pretty sure all the viewers out there, y'all guys can see that question. And Sindhu said that is correct. Yeah. Uh, it's a parasitic disease of the intestinal tract of an animal. So that's what coxitic coxie is. It's a parasitic disease of the intestinal tract of an animal. So I appreciate that question. And she said that is correct. Um, so let's just yeah, do a quick exactly, recap. That's exactly what it, it says in some of the books. That's that what I got. it is. Mm -hmm. But we did have uh, uh, one of the vets from uh, the Philippines that visited our farm. He said it was he said uh, uh, another way they can get it is from uh, ooks that I reckon's in the ground or worms. I'm okay. not for sure. I have to ask Anthony. Okay, so basically one of the biggest things um, that is a concern or at least something to be aware of is when you got the chicks, you want to try to keep them as clean as possible. Um, yes. you, you know, like you said, you're not saying about crowding or overcrowding, but you want to try to keep them as clean as possible. I guess the less crowded, the less chance of it being a whole bunch of poop up in there. Because you know, the more you have it in there, that poop going to build up. It builds up pretty quick. I don't care what nobody say. That poop yeah. builds up. You can clean that paper. And by the time you roll it back out, that thing is going to be filled all over again. Yeah. Um, so tell me this. Did y'all guys change the way y'all set up y'all brooders to kind of, you know, help y'all with the cleanliness? Do y'all keep them on grates? You know, do I use the tar paper, uh, uh, you know, the Anthony, felt paper? Anthony, Anthony built our brooders way up off the ground where they're like, you know, very easy to clean the trays, pull them out and take them out. Okay. Especially okay. for him, you know, because. Well, we had them stacked, you know, I'd have to get the ones out of the bottom and stuff. So now he's got them right. set up where they're a lot easier for him to get out. Okay. Okay. So basically y'all have them where the poop drops through the thing and y'all, it drops on a tray. Y'all pull the tray out and clean the tray. So there's yep. really no way for the chicks to be standing in the poop because it just drops right through the grate. Yes. Okay. And I, and I bring that up because I do see some brooders that have the felt paper yeah, you know, like in some, some people put felt paper in them. I've seen that. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And that's why I kind of wanted to, you know, to, just to bring that point up, because, again, maybe maybe some people might want to, depending on how big they are, they might want to transfer over to having the, the chicks in a grate, you know, um, to eliminate the chance of them, them yeah. getting a coxie. Well, I, okay. think they put the, mm -hmm. I think they put the felt paper when they're really, really small so their little legs don't fall down through there. That's right. And That's uh, right. Which that's fine, too. And, I mean, I guess you could, you know, treat for coccidiosis if you're going to leave that paper in there for several days. But, you know, if that's you right. clean it out regularly, you know, most likely you're not going to get coccidiosis. Or in our case, we haven't. So. Right. Right. Okay. okay. So that's is that one of the things that the vet – you know, tell me this. 
So when a vet came to visit the farm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what would you say is kind of some of the things that stood out that he brought to y'all guys' attention or maybe y'all changed after his visit? Well, I mean, we asked him a lot of questions. It was more instead of him telling us, we as asking, you know, everything, asking him everything. Right. You know, how you think we should set this up? How you think we should set right. that up? And uh, right. he told us, you know, as far as the babies, you know, set some buildings up, let them get as much space as possible, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, mm -hmm. And Anthony talked so, to him a lot, and Anthony knows, you know, a lot about this kind of stuff too. Me and him both just like right. swap information and stuff but, like yeah, that. Yeah, so. bouncing if yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And I'm pretty sure y'all both remembering different types of stuff. You know, he might forget something. He be like, "Oh no, I remember what he said about that." Um, okay, well that's great. So y'all guys, you know, that's how y'all have y'all brewers set up. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons is it, it keeps it as loud as it keep it as clean as possible. Um, this way you minimize the chance of them getting coxie. Uh, so that's one of the ways y'all deal with that. Now let's talk about the lights. You know, you mentioned something about lights, heat, that kind of stuff. And I guess mm -hmm. that goes back to the feather picking, correct? Yes. Now I don't, I don't normally do the brooders. I go in there and feed and water them and stuff, but Anthony cleans them. He goes okay. in there, you know, depending on the weather, whether he needs to turn it down or turn it up. Cause I don't right. mess with the incubators right. either. So I'm not familiar okay. with with all that and uh okay. he does the lights too so right you know so so let's talk about the feather picking can you tell us something about that feather? i know i asked you that question the other day okay about once the feather they, picking i know once they go outside mm -hmm. in our barns like we got several little pole barns set up all around the mm -hmm. farm for them to go in right. and out we got little boxes and them you know up off the ground and everything okay. and they're they're all full of sand but uh we haven't really had any problems with the feather picking except for mm -hmm. once they go in those outside buildings when it's going to rain for several days. Okay. They get really bored, you know, right. and they're tired All of being piled in up there, in there, piled up in there. Yeah. So I'll right. take styrofoam and give it to them. And styrofoam, people, huh? Styrofoam. Styrofoam. They'll pick at it. They'll just have a party with it. And I've took, and I've took chickens you know, one-year-old and one-and-a-half-year-old hens. Because when I told the uh, people at the poultry science department about it, they was like, oh, you don't need to do that, you know. And I was like, well, I've tried, you know, those flock blocks. And, you know, right. oh, I've tried all kind of stuff. I can't get them to quit, you know. Right. And, uh, which Vitarol, uh, the Vitarol from the Excellence, that helped a lot. You know, okay. we know to give them that, you know, right before it rains. But, uh, okay. As far as when I took those hands up there and I told them, you know, because they didn't like it. They was like, you don't need to do this, you know. And I was like, they tested one. They was like, well, she's perfectly healthy. Ain't got no worms. Ain't got this. Ain't got that. And I was like, well, she's had styrofoam for a year. You know, like. Wow. So, so I mean, some people may not, you know, and I can understand, you know, because. Right. But it works for us. But I only do it when it's going to be like, when I know it's going to rain, you know, for several days and they're all going to be under those pole barns, forward, you know, right. I'll throw some styrofoam under there. So that, that's, you know? that's, so that, that right there, get, keep them occupied. And you said based on the testing, based on the testing, uh, it didn't cause any harm to the birds. No. Nope. Okay, good. And, and, yep. and, I, and, I'm, and, and the only reason I reiterated that point, because it was no longer an opinion. When you got it tested, then it's now it's a fact that the it didn't cause any, any harm to the birds. Bird, right? Exactly. And I got okay. that and, information. And I, just, I got that information from other big breeders. 
okay. that breed, okay. you know, a lot, a lot of chickens. So. Right. Right. And you said it worked. So, I mean, uh, viewers out there, I mean, y'all heard it first, you know, um, it's not just a Sindel's opinion about it. She's like she said, she had hens in there, had styrofoam for a year um, and, and, and took the birds up to, to get tested and the birds were perfectly healthy. So that's just something again, like she said, everything, different things work for different people. The, the vet didn't recommend it, but she was doing it because that's what worked for her and, and their farm. And when she got it tested, uh, the bird was in perfectly good health. So it didn't even hurt that they had the styrofoam in there. So honestly, I don't know why you would do anything different. If it worked, it didn't cause I mean, any bodily harm do. to them. That's right. Which that's I, right. I, I mean, the I, future, we're building, we're building a couple more po uh, barns on the property. And so, mm -hmm. you know, for in the future, for when we have more chicks, you know, if right. they're not as crowded up in there, I don't know if I really have to do that anymore. But right. I know as of right now, you know, I've had to do it a couple of times in a couple of different buildings and it's worked and I've carried them up there. And they said, you know, they're perfectly healthy. So they're perfectly healthy. Yeah. So what do you use styrofoam balls or just a piece of styrofoam? Does it even matter? Well, Anthony's uh, mom and daddy uh, paints apartment complexes. And so okay. when they come in there with all those stoves and refrigerators, you know, they they got styrofoam in the boxes yes. so we have a yes we'll have a barn full of styrofoam in case we need it got so you yeah that the styrofoam with the appliances to keep the appliance from shaking around in mm -hmm. the box so it doesn't matter the yep. shape of the styrofoam as long as mm -hmm. it's styrofoam now i do i do know some of them come with a little bit harder styrofoam and the, okay. the chicken the chicks seem to like the, the softer styrofoam but okay. i mean and either bigger one of ones them will work Either one of them will work, but you said yeah. the chicks kind of like the softer styrofoam more yeah. than the harder stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, those yeah. are all little things that people may overlook, but I don't I think they're all important because again, you know, somebody might try the styrofoam and it might be too hard, and then they think the styrofoam system don't work. And it's not that it doesn't work, it's just the styrofoam that they're using is a little too hard for the little chicks. So yeah, that's why I want to just make sure that viewers are are getting, you know, the information, understanding that we gotta always look you know, below the surface and not just saying styrofoam, but that's why ashes any particular styrofoam, any shape of styrofoam. Okay. And you came out and said, well, you know what? It's not really the shape, but the density of the styrofoam kind of makes a difference depending on the age of the chick. So that, yeah. I think that's great, great information. Um, so, and you said you don't really deal with the brooders and that kind of stuff. So we won't talk about lighting, but that's, that's the answer to the viewer that asked the question about he having a problem with the, um, with the picking of the feathers. Now tell me okay. this, Sindhu, uh, is it, have you ever seen uh, the cause of picking of the feathers be related to diet in any kind of way? You know, lack yeah, of protein yeah, or lack, lack of, of something protein. like that? Yeah, lack of protein for okay. sure. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So lack of protein sometimes is, it could be also a reason for the picking of the feathers. Yeah. And we use, I want, I think we use a 26% protein for the chicks. Oh, 26% protein yeah. for the chicks. Do you, do you use medicated or not no. medicated, you know, no, not okay. medicated. No, not medicated. Have you ever tried it? Yes. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Okay. No. Okay. And tell me this, Cindy, can you tell us why you didn't like it? We seem to have more sick birds. Got you. Got I don't you. know if it, Did I don't know if it was because, you know, when they were little bitty, because we would start feeding them to, you know, day old right. chicks, you know, I, I don't know. Right. We just did, we had really bad luck with it. You have bad luck with it. Okay. Yep. Okay. And and some guys, you know, that's kind of all over the place. Some people don't use it. 
I know in Puerto Rico, half of the people use it, half of the people don't. You know, some mm -hmm. people are totally against it. Half of the people are totally against it. The other half, they live by it religiously saying, uh-uh, we got to feed it. So that's why yeah. I ask. And some, you know, depending on it also, too, some of it's so crumbly. You know, like it's all dust. You buy a 40-pound yeah. bag and, you know, 10 pounds of dust is <laughs> in the bag. So yeah. um, that's, yeah. that's another thing. Okay, so is it any kind of – won't you walk us through or can you walk mm -hmm. us through, you know uh, – your chick health like do you when do y'all guys first worm them um you know as far as when you said with the vaccinations can you kind of walk us through that or is that something that anthony handles no i handle that too and uh i okay. usually you know after they've been out you know once they go out in the buildings after they've been mm -hmm. out there a week or so then we'll start worming them and you know i'll okay. keep up i'll keep up with it you know you know it, and it depends on you know this age group has, you know, I right. worm them at a different time maybe than this age group. I got a calendar right. that is full. I keep it full. full. I need a bigger right. one. But uh, I'll just keep up with it, you know, when I've wormed them and when I need to worm them. You know, or when Anthony wormed them and when, when we need to worm them. Okay. So, Cindy, so, tell me this. What age are they when they go out into the building? A month. A month. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, we, so actually, got get, a, we mm -hmm. actually got a separate building. It's kind of like a little miniature chicken house, and we got fans okay. set up in it, you know, to pull okay. out the, and it's full of sand, and we keep it okay. clean. And uh, the in the cold months, if it's really, really cold, they'll go in that building, you know, after they come out of the brooders for a little okay. while. And Anthony's got the lights in there. He's got, uh, on one side, I think, he's maybe has reptile lights, and on the other side, I don't know if you know what reptile heat bulbs is, but one side's reptile I know heat what bulbs. They are. One side's, mm -hmm. you know, stronger heat bulbs. And so he okay. may put them here and then he'll put them here and then he'll cut the lights off of them to get them acclimated to go outside. You know, got so. you. So, Sindel, tell out, me this. What's out, the purpose out, of the sand? The sand? Yes. What's the well, purpose just, of the sand? It just seems like it absorbs, you know, it's kind of like a litter mm -hmm. box. It absorbs a lot of the, you know, the moisture and the keeps gotcha. the coccidiosis down and stuff like that. Gotcha. And it's okay. grit. Okay. If they pick at it, you know, they get a little grit. But we do have to keep right. it clean, too. And when it when we start raising really early and it's really cold, that's a job. <laughs> that's a job to clean all that sand, huh? Yeah, when we have yeah. a group go out, you know, which we still right. put lights. We got in our uh, buildings, you know, we got some mm -hmm. lights in there and some boxes. And we may turn them on mm -hmm. or turn them off. And we got right. some tin on the top. You know, if it gets too okay. hot one day, he'll take it off that night and then. He knows here in a couple of days a cold front's coming in. He'll put it back on, you know, so. Got you. And I asked that yeah. question because somebody in the comment asked about the sand. You know, why okay. did you use the sand? Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so you said, you know, once that period is there, then you just use about to say they go outside because um, that's the mini chicken house, basically. And then for the mini mm -hmm. chicken house, where do they go from there? Pins. To the pins. Okay, yeah. so they have yeah. Yeah, so how's your pen of, set we, up? We got a lot of area, a lot of room. We got 20 acres, so we got a lot of room for them to roam, you know, before we have right. to pin them up. And they'll eventually, right. you know, they get to roaming. We got, in our buildings, we got we got the little boxes, and then we got the okay. poles setting up, and then Anthony's got big poles, you know, for them to get on. And so eventually, okay. and even if they don't start doing it by itself, me and Anthony right. will go out there at night and start training them. You know, we may put two or three up there. Well, then the next night right. you go out there, it'll be six or seven. The next night it'll be more. And then they'll reach all the way to the top, 
you know, and then once gotcha. they get bigger, they'll start getting in the trees. So, and gotcha. then the bushes, gotcha. we got little privet hedges and stuff. They get in the bushes and stuff like that. Right. And then we pin right. them whenever we get ready to pin them up. To, when, they, when they get old enough. So tell me this, Cindy. So out there when they roaming free, how do y'all guys feed them? Do y'all got like little feed stations and that kind of stuff out there or water stations out there when they running out and about? Yeah, we got several feed stations. And it, it just depends. Like in one building... Sometimes Anthony will take, once they get to a certain age, he'll take them, out, take them all out of this building and put them mm -hmm. in this building because it's more open for them to get in, like, the woods and in the trees and okay. stuff like that. Okay. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, then he'll put new chicks in there. That way their chicks are not bullying. You know, the older chicks ain't bullying the little chicks. The little but chicks. But sometimes mm -hmm. if we have to put some in there, you know, we have to. That's, like, maybe a month apart or, you know, month and a half apart, something like that. And but we right. do have several trays and several water troughs and stuff like that. So throughout, they so they all can get do a fair okay, so that's to eat and drink. Fair, right, yeah. right, right. So when they get out and about, you know, do you deal with, um, you know, do you deal with, uh, you know, more health issues when they start roaming and out and about? And if you do, what? How do you? How do y'all handle that type of situation? Now, normally, once they get out and about, they're pretty much good. Then we don't really have they're any pretty issues. Much good. Yeah, which I okay. think, too, you know, when you breed early, a lot of diseases and stuff, they die out in the winter. Mm -hmm. It's so cold. You know, mm -hmm. like in hospitals, they keep it so cold. Mm -hmm. So they've already mm -hmm. built up an immunity. They're old enough, you know, to, they've already built up a, an immunity to be outside, you know, to fight off a right. lot. They're older. They can fight off more, you know, diseases at that point. So. Right, right. So let's go back. And I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping away, but I like to kind that's of okay. your, your information is really good. So that's why okay. I keep trying to go like, you know, a little bit of extra detail, because I'm okay. assuming everybody's watching. They don't know anything. That's kind of how I like to do the interviews. Okay. You know what I mean? Because right. I don't like to assume that somebody knows something and then we skip over it. And they're like, man, I wish they would have she would have told us this. So okay. that's why I kind of like to do these interviews, you know, kind of like school. They take you through the whole little process. So tell me this. When do y'all, you start the back, you start the worm in about a month. Y'all guys have a schedule and stuff like that. When they go out in the mm -hmm. building from the brewers, mm -hmm. they go out in the building. That's when they go on the worm schedule, right? Mm -hmm. When yep. do y'all guys start to vaccinate? Day old. We vaccinate them at a day old. Okay, day old. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So y'all vaccinate at a day old. Mm -hmm. Um. Tell me this, Sindhu, do y'all guys use any type of vitamins or supplements or anything like that in the chick's water? Yes, we use Vitarol quite a bit. Okay. In the summertime, we like we use all excellence products. Okay. And like I said, okay. I'm big on testing. So right. I've tested them and they're all proven, you know. So and that's right. what we use. We use we like right. to use the excellence C a lot in the summertime. And the hot okay. starts getting really hot, you know, June, July. Okay. We use Vitarol. Right. Uh, okay. Vastrono for the wormer. You know, we use uh, T-Pop sometimes. You know, like. Okay. And two, you know, if we got a lot in a building, like here, we get a lot of rain. So if it's rain for four or five days, I mm -hmm. may run, we may run around a T-Pop as a prevention. You know, they have okay. it dosed. They have it dosed on there when you buy it, what to give for prevention and then what to give for, uh, you know, treatment. And sure. we, we treatment, may run treatment. some. And that's something else we do after it rains with all our pin stags and all our uh, everything we got out on the court. That's what I was going to get to. Uh, Anthony, right. Anthony will mix. He'll have me go to the co-op and he'll mix uh, some swine wormer. It's pig wormer. 
You get it in a, okay. uh, it's a 50 pound bag. I think it's like 20 something bucks. And uh, okay. it's for round worms, hook worms, whip worms, tape worms, you know, different worms. But a lot of times after it rains for several days, you know, all right. those worms is coming up. They eating them. Right. They got parasites from right. those worms, you know, which are like worms right. and stuff. So right. we do that extra too, you know, after it rains for several days. Okay. And it seems and to help. Gotta, I mean, they, they like it, seemed, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, like it, like you say, you're just trying to be preventive. So that's less, it's easier to prevent something than to have to try to fix it. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's the approach you take. And the more birds you're dealing with, the more uh, you realize that preventive maintenance is a lot better than fixing, you know, fixing issues. Um, right. We have a question on the screen about how do y'all guys deal with predators? Yeah, I know him. Hey, Adam Moore. Uh, <laughs> Rock, Rocky's helping. I got a puppy from them, uh, him and Natalie. Okay. Rocky's helping a lot. I actually just had to go get him a rabies shot because he keeps dragging up coons and possums and stuff in the yard. So he's helping <laughs> a lot with our uh, – <laughs> predators but uh you know we set traps live traps and you know okay. we set uh we also set uh the clamp traps you know if okay. we've had a fox get in or we see a hole dug you know under our fence right. we use the two before right. dog wire it's a solid fence thing and we use that and then i use okay. the uh the night owl i think it's called night owl the little flashing lights Okay. You know what I'm talking about? The little boxes, solar panel, flashing lights. Right, right, right. Okay, right. I have the, I so, have those everywhere. I probably got 20-something uh, out. I got those everywhere. Wow. And then I've also went to, over the years we've been there, you know, we know mm -hmm. where the predators most likely are coming in at. And right. I don't want to say to get these yet because I don't know right. how long they last because I just got them right. this past year. But uh, right. I got some uh, spotlights, solar panel spot spotlights, and so if a predator runs across, that spotlight's gonna come on, you know. And uh, got you. But I don't know how long those last. I know the night owls. Some of those I've had for like five or six years, and they're still blinking red. So. Yeah, they they last a pretty long time, yeah. you know, because they're not constantly on anyway. So that's that's another reason they last pretty long. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of how you deal with the predator control. So, so mm -hmm. tell me this, you know, that now the birds are running free. We talked about them going back into the barns and stuff like that. You don't deal with a lot of sicknesses pretty much by the time they hit the yard. Mm -hmm. You know, you got your feed set up, your feed station set up all throughout the farm. Mm -hmm. um, they're able to come back in the building at night. And then before you know, it, they grow old enough to start getting up in the trees and stuff like that. Now, mm -hmm. let's move to the next stage where you, when you do have to start pinning them. Uh, what size is your pins and what type of bedding do y'all guys keep in y'all pins, if any? Uh, we don't keep bedding in our pins. We will okay. move them, you know, from time to time. We actually just pinned up, I think he just pinned up 95 stags. Okay. And, okay. Uh, but uh, we don't use any type of bedding. Uh, but okay. I don't really know the size of the pins. I know the ones across the road are uh, a lot smaller. I know the ones on our side of the road, I think there's like, a hundred of them on our side. Mm -hmm. They're 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 pretty big. They're pretty big. Yeah, they're probably like than a the, four by six or something like that. I don't know. They're bigger than the uh, you know, the little make the well, I call them the the Mexican, the, the Mexican pins. pins. Yeah, uh, right. They're a lot bigger than those. They're a lot bigger than yeah. Typically, yeah. little Mexican pins are like thirty nine by thirty nine or something like that. Thirty nine okay. by thirty nine. So you say a little bigger than that. Okay, yeah, they, so they, and then y'all don't use any bedding. No, typically we don't use any bedding. Mm -mm. Okay, so, so tell them, me, we will move them to fresh grass, 
you know, occasionally right. so they can eat some grass. But uh, right. one thing I think, uh, I want to say maybe the vet told Anthony this, uh, uh-huh. direct sunlight, well, we got a lot of red dirt, you know, hard red dirt. Okay. Direct sunlight okay. on dirt, you know, UV rays kills a lot of germs and bacteria and stuff. Wow, so, that's good information right there. Yeah, that's but good you information. Do have, but you do have to move them around some, you know, so they can get some grass. So, got you, got you. But, um, okay, so now we got them in the pens. We talk about that age. Now, once you get them in the pens, uh, do y'all feed on the ground or y'all feed in cups with the no, pens? Once we get on the pens, we feed them on the ground. Feed them and on the, the tie okay. cords. We got a lot of tie cords. Right, right. Y'all seen that. I got a lot of tie cords and, and a lot of pins. So y'all start to feed them on the ground then uh, from that point on. Um, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about like what type of feed. Do you feed the whole yard the same feed or do you have different feeds for, for different you know, birds on a yard or do you just feed one yard feed across the board? I mean, we feed one yard feed pretty much across the board except for like, you know, okay. our laying you know, ones that are producing eggs will go with, you know, okay. most of the time straight laying pellets. Okay. Okay. So, so the ones that's, that's laying eggs, y'all pretty much just feed them laying pellets, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got yep. you. And then everybody else just get the regular yard feed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tell me something. Can, can you tell us a little bit about the yard feed that y'all guys use? Is it the same that you have always used? Do y'all mix your own feed or you buy pre-mixed? Anthony, Anthony does the feed. He gets it at uh, Hillsboro Gin, and uh, okay. we used to actually we used to sell feed and sell Excellence products. We used wow. to have a little stuff. We, we had a store there. That's actually what helped me. You know, that's what helped me buy a lot of stuff for our farm when we first started out. Because when we first started wow. out on this farm, we decided we was gonna start selling chickens. I had mm-hmm. just got laid. I I'd been a welder for 10 years and uh, which some of that was in trade school, but I just right. got laid off from my job. And uh, wow, Anthony, you know, the housing industry back then, Anthony was a, a supervisor over uh, mm-hmm. building neighborhoods and the housing mm-hmm. industry wasn't going too good. So that's when we decided, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted to make a business out of it. We want to stay home and do right. something we love every day and make a business right. out of it. So, that's right. And the, selling the feed and selling the products and stuff help us, you know, do that. It helped pay for Got you. my, you know, it, it paid for, I made it where it paid for, you know, my vitamins and my, you know, right. wormers. All the stuff, stuff like that, that you needed. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So right. it was kind of self-sustained. Yep. Y'all sold enough to be able to provide y'all guys with what y'all need so y'all wasn't coming out of y'all pocket. Right. To, you know, to take care of the work. Well, that's, that to me, that's the perfect, yeah. the perfect solution. Uh, (laughs) that's that's the perfect solution right there so um and i'm kind of like i said just walking through these stages and and again i think you know anybody who just chimed in or just came to this interview this is an interview definitely all the interviews are great and and Mm -hmm. and we all know that everybody learns something different from every interview but cindor has brought up a lot of points that we we haven't really talked about in any past interview that i know of um and it seems like they have done more testing at least that I know of, of the people that we have interviewed, they have done a, a lot more testing. And um, that brings to attention again, is this wormer. I mean, you know, I don't want to revert all the way back to the beginning of the interview, but what I'm saying is that is something that I promise you so many people have overlooked that yes. they're not realizing that a lot of the elements that they're having is a result of their birds having worms 
and they think they don't have worms because they put their bird on a solid regimen of wormer and yep. not realize that the bird have worms and that's why all these other issues arise. Yep. Yep. So I guess go back to like you said, instead of just knocking them and culling them, you still can test them. You know, you can test them and then cull them. If you're going to cull them, fine. But at least mm -hmm. if you have the ability to get them tested to make sure that it's not something that you're going to have a bigger issue of, you know, maybe right. it's an isolated issue, not a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. of. And and they'll take they'll take birds up to uh, if you'll put them in a cooler, they'll take them already deceased. But it needs to you need to get them up there. But, you know, in, in 24 hours and put them in a cooler. Now, don't freeze them, because if you freeze them, it you know, it, it messes up the tissue where the test results won't come back right. Okay, and then if you if they start their you know rotting process, that's gonna mess up right. your test results. So just right. put it in a cooler, try to get it up there within twenty four hours, and right. you know you can get them tested that way too. Right. So, so I would recommend it, up there live. Right, live. Yeah. But you can you carry them up there live also too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what I you know that's what I was saying. Try to carry them up there live before you cull them. If you think you're gonna cull them. And you want to make sure that you're not going to have an ongoing issue. And this is just an isolated issue. If you have the ability to take that thing and then get it tested. And, and then again, it might teach you a whole bunch of other stuff because y'all didn't know your wormer wasn't working until you went up there checking for something else and found out that the bird had worms. And I know y'all was scratching your head like, how did this bird have, you know, what is this bird oh, doing yeah. with worms? Yeah, it, I mean, it kind of made us mad, you know, because we was like, we've been worming them, you know, and. This is for ways even selling them, you know. We've been worrying how they got worms, you know. We didn't understand, but <laughs> right. Then we went. Then we took the stuff in the house and broke the capsules open. It was like, you know, so realized that it wasn't exactly what it was supposed to be. Yeah. How about CRD? I see Roy on here. Uh, bring up a question of CRD. Um, I don't know if you can see that on the screen. Excellent product that I did. Um, what do y'all guys do for CRD? Okay, when they're in the brooders, I know Anthony uses uh, Ambroxatril uh, okay. as a preventative, you know, because chickens got, you know, air sacs all in them. Right. And, you know, mm -hmm. they can have like little infections in there in one of their mm -hmm. air sacs. And uh, mm -hmm. so I know he uses that. We don't uh, vaccinate for it, but he uses that. And, uh, okay. you know, he may use it occasionally, you know, but we really don't have a problem, you know, a big problem with it. With it. I mean, okay. when, is it, you know, he may use it like if he knows they're fixing to be stressed, like if he's fixing to put them in, you know, pens or he, we're fixing to put them mm -hmm. out on tie cord, especially, mm -hmm. you know, he may mm -hmm. use that. And then sometimes uh, I wanted to get to the, get to that, too. I had that wrote down, especially for the people that may be on lockdown right now. Right. I use, we use garlic and turmeric. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Turmeric. You, you say turmeric. That's, a, that's like okay. a root. Mm -hmm. Right. Both of those are natural mm -hmm. antibiotics. So I use that. I use those a lot, too. We have a big tank that we pull behind the ranger and fill it with water. And that I mean, the water will be orange and it'll stink, but it really seems to help them a lot. I mean, they'll be redheaded feeling, you know, they'll feel good, you know, especially wow. after you just put them out on a tie cord. So sometimes because you don't want to use, you know, the same antibiotics, they'll get immune to it. And I don't right. want to have to use the antibiotic unless I have to. Right. So. I'll use right. that. I'll use stuff like that too. And I put charcoal a lot of times where all our bitties are out right. in those buildings. That that right. helps with coccidiosis. 
you know. So how do you use the charcoal? With the diarrhea, just where we burnt something, like if we if we burn a bunch of trees or we had a little fire, right. you know, we got one of those right. little things where we put fires. I'll just go dump the charcoal out there, and if they want it, they'll go pick it. If they don't, they don't, you know. Got you, so, got you, got you. That's that's very good. So how about so you said you kind of put the turmeric inside of the water, and and do you get would that something you like run a regimen on, or would you give it to them every day or once a week? You know, when you do that, I give it to them. You know, in stressful situations, okay, I like to give it to them. You know, and and maybe if it's a bad weather change, like mm -hmm. our weather will change from we'll be bundled up one day and sweating the next. So right, you know, in the in big temperature changes, sometimes I'll I'll run that through their water too. Gotcha, and that's not on gotcha. the chicks. That's not on the chicks. That's on the big. You know, the ones that's already in pins and cords. It pins and cords. So, okay. Mm -hmm. I, okay. I got you. Um, Cinder, what I do want to do is also, I want you to look mm -hmm. on your list because, you know, you had some topics and I want to make sure that we hit yeah. those topics on there because I'm not the best person in asking all the questions because I'm definitely not the most knowledgeable. So we want to make yeah. sure we hit all those much, topics that you got on there. I don't, I, we don't vaccinate for pox. Uh, I, I make sure we okay. keep uh, apple cider vinegar in there. Oh, okay. So you don't vaccinate for pox and you use no. the apple cider. How do you use the apple cider vinegar? To kill the mosquito larva. So you put that in their water? Mm -hmm. Just make in the summertime, just make sure, you know, they're clean water and, you know, the apple cider vinegar will kill the mosquito larva. It, it makes it a hostile environment for them to survive, you know, the mosquito larva to survive in. So we'll gotcha. put that in their water. We go through do you a lot have of any apple cider vinegar. A lot of apple cider. I was about to ask you next, like, do you have any type of like measurements? Do you put like a, a, a cup to five gallons or do y'all guys just eye it or do y'all just put a bottle in? We get a dropper. Uh, they give them to us at a pharmacy up here to give mm -hmm. little kids like uh, medicines and we use right. a whole dropper full. A whole dropper full. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I tell you, this is a lot of, like I say, I'm, I'm pretty sure, um, again, it's a lot of great information in there. And that's why I keep mm -hmm. like going into details, because I want the people to understand not just how to do it, but why they, why, you know, why they need to do it. Um, yeah. It's some other stuff, too, that we talked about. And, and it was right on the tip of my tongue that you said you were going to talk about uh, on this on the show tonight. Uh, it'll come to, I, I got a brain fart right now. It was something I was okay. just about to ask you. It was right on the tip of my tongue. I was about the to algae? ask you something. The algae the, the algae. Water. That's what it was. The okay. algae. Yep. The, right. algae. the algae in the water. Let's talk about that. That's big controversial too. You know, some people okay. say, well, you know, I'm not letting my chicken drink that water if I wouldn't drink it myself, you know, and I don't know the scientific terms for it, but, uh, I mean, I'm not saying let your water get, you know, really, really bad, filthy. But mm -hmm. if you just rinse it out and leave that algae in there, you mm -hmm. know, that little green around it or mm -hmm. red, there's all different types of algae. But if you just leave a little bit of that in there, especially for the working people that work and raise game fowl, uh -huh. it's not uh -huh. going to hurt them. And if you want more information about that, just Google uh, Algae and water and uh, how algae, they say algae is replacing the new antibiotics in poultry houses where they raise well, meat poultry. So Got you. Now, and I, I want to make sure that we know that because I can, <laughs> and, I, and I'm guilty of it. I'm extremely guilty of, I am a, one of my pet peeves is clean water bowls. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I don't like to see anything in the water bowls, but clean water. And it's the difference between fresh and clean. You know, just because yeah. the water is not, you know what I'm saying? It's different yeah. between fresh and clean. So I like yeah. to say, I like to see clean water. You know, everybody cannot give their birds uh, fresh water every single day. And that's not a problem. First of all, it's a chicken, you know, yeah. and, and a chicken doesn't, you know what I mean? It, it, they don't have to have human grade everything. Uh, but I am a big opponent because obviously first, I don't have many birds. So if I don't have many birds, it's a lot easier for me to say, make sure all the water bowls are spick and span clean. But if somebody yeah. got a thousand birds, that's not really feasible. But still, what you're saying is, and there's scientific evidence behind this, and that's why she gave y'all, you know, what you can Google yeah, they're, and they're do your own research over. They're taking it out of, they're taking algae out of, uh, out of the ocean right now and out mm -hmm. of ponds mm -hmm. and all kind mm -hmm. of different places and putting it mm -hmm. in, you know, chicken houses where they grow meat chickens to replace, you know, because we're, we as humans, they say we're getting so, you know, immune to the antibiotics, you know, mm -hmm. because of the, all that they was putting in the chickens that in the chicken that we eat. So now they right. went to alternative and algae's a big thing in that now. A big Using thing. Algae. And that's that's yeah. right, right. Using allergy. So 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 basically, um, you know, like you said, you know, for the working people, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a problem. And it's different types of allergy. Now what Cindy was saying is she not giving you a pass to be lazy. You know, if you can clean the water bowl, if you can clean the water bowl, I'm still going to stick to my guns on that. If you can yeah. clean a water bowl, keep the water bowls clean. But basically what Cinder was saying that it is, it could be, you know, there is from scientific evidence, there is some benefits of having algae in there, algae inside of the water. But obviously, you know, she encouraged you to do your own research. And again, if you ain't got that many chickens, don't try to use that as an excuse not to do it. I mean, you know, to leave them al algae inside that bowl. But if there is some health benefits, and I'm going to look into it, because okay. like I said, I, I, I have always been on a record. I have always been on a record about clean water bowls. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I ain't trying to be, I want to make sure everybody understand uh, uh, I said it, and I'm, I'm admitting that I said it. And I just, I'm going to do some research on that also, okay. too, because I did hear something about it. I did hear something about it. But me personally, um, with having very few chickens, it's going to have to be if I can see the health benefit to it, I would, you know, I would allow it to happen. Mm -hmm. But with me only having like 50 chickens, if somebody come to my house and see, you know, algae in my bowl, I need to make sure it's got some scientific health benefits to it. Because if not, the water bowls need to be clean. Um, right. But we all need to definitely look into that because that's new scientific information that's available now. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. um, I know old, old timers. I have met old timers in my travel that said, hey, algae and water has a benefit to it. And I said, right. like, you know, what I mean, you know, I was kind of like up on the fence. I'm like, nah, that's a sign of laziness. You know, you just being lazy. And a lot of times, Sindhu, it is from being lazy. They don't know that algae yeah. had no benefits to it. They just ain't go out there cleaning water bowls. But please, guys, look into that. I mean, I think that's some newfound scientific information. And if it's a benefit to it, we need to start using it. You know, if it has a positive effect for our fowl, we need you to adjust our program and use it. Um, but they ain't saying leave it in there for three weeks. You know what I mean? Because I know some of y'all guys were like, oh, I seen an interview and she said that stuff is OK. You know, show me muddy water. <laughs> you no, know, show no, me uh -uh. Muddy I just mean, See, like, you know, if, if you if you don't have time to go out there with a scotch brat pad, you know, or something to scrub all that algae out. 
You know, when you rinse right. it out, it's still clean water. It's just got that you right. know, green or red, you know, thing. And another thing with that is, too, with selling chickens, you know, I guess I try to use, like, some common sense and, like, stuff for right. the working people because, like, That's right. I don't want my chicken to be so, you know, I feed them off the ground. And it's almost like mm -hmm. if you took somebody that stayed in the house all the time, 24-7, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and they went outside. They're not used to stuff outside. They're going to have allergies yep. against stuff. You know, they have no immune yep. system to fight stuff yep. off, you know. So when I send birds to my, and that's why I feed on the ground too, you know, because right. when I send birds to my customers, they're most likely going to be putting their feet on the ground, especially right. a lot of them in, you know, like Cambodia and Vietnam and some right. places like that. Right. You know, they're going to be, right. I want my, I, I do want my birds to be able to fight you know, have their own immunities to fight stuff off. That way, when my customer gets them, you know, they, that's you know. a very, very valid point. That's an extremely yeah. valid point and something I learned the hard way. Keeping my birds way too clean, keeping the situation way too clean. And and doc, one of the doctors, we had a vet doctor that come on and uh, he talked about something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's something I learned the hard way. I realized that my birds were being raised in an environment that was so clean. Every time they would go somewhere else, they would be getting sick. And I'm like, you know, what are you doing? And then, you know, you can't go to somebody's house and tell them how to raise the chickens on their, on their yard. But then I had to pump my brakes and realize, I said, hold on, man, these are chickens. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they got it. It's okay for them to eat off the ground, especially if it's not a lot of rain and it's not really muddy right. and stuff like that, where they're not eating molded you know, molded food and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I realized having this, uh, the bird's health is being over sanitary is not good. You know, yeah. that's not good. You know, they need to have some dirt. They need to build up an immune system. They need to get exposed to certain bacteria and stuff like that. So they can't build up an immune system because, you know, having a bird in an over sanitized situation is not a good thing. And I learned that the hard way. Yeah. I learned that the yeah. hard way. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I guess that goes back to the algae in the water. Yeah, that's another we've thing learned I've learned. It. We've, hey. learned, we've learned stuff the hard way too. You know, we, yeah, especially before we started selling. You know, we used clean, 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 clean. You know, never algae right. in the water bucket. And then you right. know, so and so will be winning all these shows. Right. You go to his right. house, and there's algae in the water. <laughs> you know, and it's like, but you know, right. it's it's. It, I mean, it's just the same thing. You know, like. If you took somebody that worked in an office and was never right. outside, and then you took somebody, you know, that was outside all the time, like pick fruit or mm -hmm. something like that, you put them in a survival situation. Well, this guy's going to basically get sick. He has no immunities right. to anything, you know. That's right. So That's right. That's right. No, that that's a very valid point. It's something I learned, you know, like I said, from experience. It, it is over sanitized is not good. Having mm -hmm. them filthy, dirty is not good either. But having them too in a, in very sanitary conditions, over overly overly sanitary conditions. Um, right. So so yeah, on a tie core. So tell me this. Um, okay. On a feed situation, y'all y'all feed on the ground, and I know sometimes mm -hmm. the challenge is, especially living in a place where the weather is bad, get a lot of rain and stuff like that. I guess it's extremely important that whatever feed you throw out, they got to clean it up kind of like immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, because the rats, you know, rats will come in there and eat it, you know, and go to this pen and this pen. They and rats give mm -hmm. diseases and stuff. So, so let's talk about that. I know you said in the last place where y'all were at, 
y'all had a little issue where rats who I guess were, were, were passing or whatever, passing infection or bacteria or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have also seen people with that same situation. And, um, you know, one of that, I guess the result of a lot of times a rat is just feeding. Is it feeding too much? From my experience, it's just feeding too much, either too much or feed too yeah. much. Which now, much. which I, I always feed a lot more than Anthony does. Anthony says I feed mm -hmm. too much, you know, and I'm like, you know, I just, that's just what I want. That's the amount that I want to feed them, you know, you right, know, a big old right. handful. And the next right. morning, most of the time, you know, sometimes they'll clean it up and sometimes they don't. And some chickens are different than others, too. Right. You know, some of them's metabolism, like an ACL's metabolism is a lot higher. If you notice, I've noticed with our ACLs, right. that they might eat every single bite, not leave a crumb, where this one might right. leave three or four pellets. You know, I, it right. seems to me that, a, 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 that our ACLs and, you know, different types of birds' metabolism is way higher than others. Right, right. So tell me something. Um, well, y'all kind of feed by hand anyway, so you can kind of mm -hmm. just based on what you know who you feed once you're out there on the yard. Right, yep. Got like, you. We, yeah. Got you. So since we do it every single day, like if we know he don't eat that much, you know, and right. this one eats a lot all the time, you know, mm -hmm. we can base it off of that. Which with base the rats, uh, we do got a lot of cats and they don't eat. We're blessed to have. Uh, three good cats that don't eat baby chicks and they sit on those yards and rat hunt, hunt every night. So <laughs> <laughs> we got some good cats. The mama cat, the mama cat, she always hunted for rats. She never killed, you know, baby chicks and she right. just brought it down through the generations. So Right. She raised them right. Yep. Yeah, she raised her right. She made sure, hey, baby chicks is off the, <laughs> that's off the menu. We ain't yep. mess with no baby. <laughs> we yep. got plenty of rotors, uh, rodents that's going to be running around here tonight. So we, we got that, that's on the menu. Yep. So I see, uh, I see them there uh, asking um, one of the guys, uh, Danny Weeks, uh, Brian, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Brian Weeks is saying uh, copper sulfate. Do y'all guys use copper sulfate uh, in y'all water? Uh, no, we don't now. I think Anthony has used it before, but uh, we don't use that, no. Okay. okay. Not anymore. Another question. Not anymore. All right, tell me this. Uh, we got Danny Edwards on here. Um, they said they feed twice a day on the ground and in the afternoon. Do y'all guys feed once a day or twice a day? Once a day. Once a day? And we okay. skip one, most um, of the time we skip one day a week. We let them fast for one day a week. Most okay. of the time. Okay, have y'all. Most of the time it's on sa on Saturday, uh, and we try to do uh, is least work. A We're not Jewish, but we try to do – that's still the Sabbath. We try not to work too hard on that day. So okay. we let them fast okay. that day. Let them fast that day. So they got water but no food, basically. Yeah. Got you. Um, and, and, Cinder, do you have anything else on your list? I see a lot. You have – you know, when you get time, there's a okay. lot of questions in these comments. Um and and I guess you know when you get time, if you can go in the comment section to it and address because you got it's a lot of comments in here, a lot of questions okay. in the comments, and I don't want to kind of go through all of them. Okay, I was gonna say I was gonna show people this too, and uh, okay, when I was at the store, when when we had a store and we were selling, mm -hmm. you know, the excellence products and feed and tackles mm -hmm. and a bunch mm -hmm. of other stuff, uh, and that's another reason why I had to keep going to get them tested because I kind of become the vet, you know. Everybody would right. bring their chickens to me and be like, well, what do you right. think this is? And, uh, I mean, which we pretty much know a lot because, you know, we've had so many tests and we know what, you know, signs to look for and stuff. But 
uh, I give people this a lot, and this really helps. And uh, it's in a uh, excellence uh, game file book. That's okay. it's really available over in the Philippines. I don't know if everybody can see it, but it basically, okay. and I'll put it below in the comments. It basically gives, uh, you know, uh, the uh, disease. You know what kind of mm -hmm. issues they're gonna have, like you know, like stress. You know, like it gives the treatments for it. You know, like it tells you, you know, what to look for. You know, as far as if okay. they're having, you know. Like swelled up by symptoms, yeah, like symptoms, uh -huh. yeah, it tells the symptoms mm -hmm. and stuff. And they do have an app right now. It's uh, only in Philippine. Uh, okay, and it, it's got that in there too. It's got the diseases and the treatment, but they are putting it in Spanish and English. They're working on putting Spanish it in Spanish and English. And English. And, yeah, and it's it's helped a lot of people too because you can go down there, you can see the symptoms they're having. You know, and then pretty much diagnose right. it if you can't test, you know, if you don't, if you work. You can't get it tested. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So, Cinder, if you can do me a favor, too, and take a picture of that. And if you okay. can post that in the comments, you know, this way uh, everybody can be able to see a picture. I know they, okay. I've seen it on the screen, what you just showed. But if you can take a picture of it later and post it in a comment, that'd be great, okay. too. Um, I'm just looking through some of these comments. Like I said, it's a lot of questions. Um Water birds can okay. be healthy. Foundation program is in place. Um, I know you can't see a lot of these uh, questions, but it's a it's a ton of questions here, and it probably take you a few. I gonna say a few hours, but it's a lot of questions. <laughs> okay, there's <laughs> a lot of questions here. Um, but is there any other thing you know as far as the health program? Uh, is this is is it is it is it anything that you see maybe uh, can help the game file industry on things that you see people maybe be encountered like a redundant issue that, you know, you see um, it, whether it's a sickness or something like that, that you think the game file injury can, can handle in a different way. What I basically mean is, is do you see a common problems in a game file industry that you got some solutions to, but you really haven't pe heard people talk about? Not really besides testing. I haven't really heard a lot of people testing. 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 I don't hear a testing. lot of people well, testing. They assume that's what's wrong right. with them, and uh, they go from there. And you know, it, it, and like our case, you know, it may be something totally different. Like you know, that one bird, you know, he had coccidiosis, but it was because he was so infested worm. with worm. He was older, you know, he was so infested with worms because our wormer wasn't working that it caused right. him. You know, he couldn't fight the coccidiosis off. And um, right. I encourage people to talk to vets too. Call their poultry science departments at colleges. You can learn a lot from those folks. I mean, you right. really can. I bought. I worry you, the crap out of them. Well, no, I mean, so that, mean that's, it, helps. That's, it, it does help. And, yeah. and believe me, we can learn a lot from those poultry people it, because those people manage millions of chickens a year, not yes. thousands, not a couple hundred. They manage millions of chickens. And they got all the scientific evidence behind it. it ain't nobody walking through no coop with a hundred thousand meat chickens in mm -hmm. there saying that I think is this, I think is that. I mean, they're they're breaking it down to the science, and they're also coming up with a scientific solution to it. So no, I think what you're saying is exactly exactly right. And there is a lot to learn. Another thing I learned from there's a lot of knowledgeable backyard breeders, like people with them little flocks. You mm -hmm. know, they they get very fanatical about the health of their chickens. Because I, I had been on a couple of their threads, you know, a couple mm -hmm. of threads that had nothing to do with game fowl. 
And, mm -hmm. and I have learned so much just by reading some comments and those backyard chicken threads. It goes back to what you say. You know, those backyard chicken people are learning from those poultry house, you know, veterinarians and scientists. Yep. That's where they're getting their information from. Yep. And they're I'll not asking you, Billy Bob down the street. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you something else that's pretty neat. I think it's called Whiteling Farms. You know, uh -huh. it's, it's not just, ga you can't just learn, or I don't just learn from just game fowl, you know, just game fowl right. people. I try to learn from, you know, I like all kind of chickens, you know, but that's this right. Whiteland Farm, I love to watch their videos. They, uh, they sell, uh, uh, capes off of chickens for, uh, okay. fly fishing. Okay. And the way this guy has genetically modified his birds to grow these capes. You know, like their saddle feathers and their right. neck feathers. I mean, right. they'll be this long. And and he's went over in some videos, you know, about genes, different genes that he's used to make different colors and how long the capes are. It it blows my mind. You know. Well, listen, Sidney, if you crazy. can post in the comments because I want to watch okay. some of those videos. It, it's because, it really yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I mean that's a very valid point. We can learn so much outside of the game foul industry. We don't have to get all our information. And that's what I that was my point where I was saying I learned a lot from the little backyard chicken threads. They don't they ain't involved in game chickens at all. But when I used mm -hmm. to read their comments, I'm like, wow, these people really know. I mean, they really get fanatical with this health and they <laughs> understand so much. And you know, the person will be like a 55-year-old lady with like seven chickens in her yard. And you yeah. look at her comments, you like. What the like? How does she know all of that? You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's it's amazing. Yeah. But if you can post, you know, we definitely want you to post that picture from that magazine so that so that so the viewers okay. can go and start researching that information. Yeah, I think it will help too. I think it would help them a lot. You know, if if they're not, I understand if you're working, you know, you know, twelve hours a day, or and you know, if you can't, right. you just don't have the means to go get them tested. I think this would help them a lot. That's right. It will help them. Um, it yeah. will help them. And then again, if you can also post that information in the comment section about the guy with the feathers, um, because I'm pretty okay. sure he's very knowledgeable in a gene in a genetic aspect. You know what yes. I'm saying? In the genetic after, aspect. After I mean, all, he, after. Well, you go ahead. You go ahead. And I'll tell you. What no, I'm no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I actually talked to him uh, here a few days ago and uh, I'm going to send one of the pumpkin chickens to him. So he can make, because wow. I noticed, I noticed, I've watched a lot of his videos. He doesn't have that color. You know, and I don't know nothing about fly fishing, but, uh, right. you know, I was like, he don't have that color. He might want one. And, you know, right. he might talk. I've texted him, messaged him a lot, you know, wanting to talk to him about jeans or get him on the phone with Anthony, you know, to talk about jeans. And because he gets right. so scientific with it and he's really, right. really good at it. And uh, he texted me back and he was like, yeah, you know, after this, uh, coronavirus is over you know yeah he would love to have one and try it so that's so, pretty cool so tell me this cinder where is he located at i'm not sure <laughs> is he older is he located in the states yes yes he's located in the states uh i want, I want to say maybe he said colorado i think it maybe said colorado but i'm not for sure he has a page i don't i don't know his I can't remember his name. I just messaged him off the page and, you know, I've talked to him on there right. before. But if you can find his page, if you can find his page and screenshot it, okay. you know, and post it in the comments, that'd be great because I really would like to also reach out to him and just have a conversation with him just based on genetics because I'm fascinated, you know, about genetics. And I think genetics is probably one of the most misunderstood categories in game foul. 
Mm -hmm. I know we, we uh, you know, there's a lot of breeders that's good at what they do and what they're doing. They know how to do it and it works. But mm -hmm. a lot of times I don't think they understand why it works. They but I, they do know it works. Yeah. And, and I like to kind of talk to somebody to try to get an understanding of why it works, because we all know Kelso and, you know, all of those birds came from breeders that knew how to make good chickens. They might yeah. not understood the scientific, you know, explanation of why it worked but they knew it worked. That's why we have all these bloodlines in our yard right now. So mm -hmm. I would love to talk to him too, just yeah. on genetics and, and, and understanding, you know, um, again, because, hey, if you can breed chickens that make longer feathers, you know, you can probably, you can breed chickens that make longer legs, shorter legs, bigger breasts, you know, it, you can start breeding all kinds of stuff. And who says right. that applies to gameness also, you know, that's the reality of it. Yeah. I don't know how gameness is, made up in a gene pool or whatever, but we do know gameness is an inherited trait. I mean, we know that, you know, yeah. they don't all get it, but I would like right. to talk to him about that. Um, and, and, even if and, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And while watching him too, you know, a lot of these guys say, you know, which for the beauty of them, I'm not mm -hmm. too particularly fond of it either, mm -hmm. but I have seen them come out this way. And after doing all the research on it, uh, mm -hmm. especially watching him and doing research. You right. know how a lot of guys, they'll say, well, I don't like a squirrel tail rooster, you know, one with a right. real high tail and stuff like that. Right. Just get right. get on there and do some research about genetics and feathers and stuff and see if that right. really comes into play. You right. Know, in your, That's exactly it, in your program. Cool. Yeah. No, it is cool. But again, I think, you, like I said, you made another valid point. Un the better you understand genetics – then you can know what you need to ignore and what you need to pay attention to. That's right. pretty much what it, what it comes down to. And that's what I kind of want to talk to him about. You know, we probably put more emphasis on stuff that's really not important. Like you say, like a tail, you know, that yeah. might just be a, a, a visual aspect to it and might not play any role at all in what's going on with the chicken. Right. You know, um, so, yeah, I think that's why it's extremely important because genetics is probably one of the most understood besides pointing it's probably one of the most understood topics uh in game fouls definitely genetics yeah um, and when when you get on there you'll love it he's got mounted chickens when he does his videos there's mounted right. chickens all behind him like his prized chickens that he's bred through the years you know with the long feathers and stuff right he's actually right. had them taxidermy mounted all behind him it's awesome it's cool it's wow. really neat. You'll learn, Sindu, and, and please, you learn a lot. I can imagine. I can uh, yeah. again. I would like to reach out to him because I would love to have him on a show just to talk about genetics. No, yeah. not about health, not about anything. I would love to talk about genetics because we can learn a lot from a person like that. Um, oh, yeah. So then again, if you can, there's a couple of things I need you to do. One, okay. post a picture of the magazine uh, inside okay. the comment section. Um, okay. If you can find that guy's page. Or YouTube channel, whatever it is. I follow it. I follow his page. Okay. Okay, good. If you can screenshot so, his page and okay. also put that in the comment section. Um, okay. And there's three things I want you to do. Oh, and if you can go into the comments and you have a lot of questions in there. So okay. if you can go into the comments. If you can't get to them tonight, if you get to them over the next couple days, that'd be great. If you can go into okay. the comment section and, um, you know, and answer, address the questions. Uh, okay. We're running almost close to two hours on this interview. Okay. And uh, and I, and you know what? We do have another interview tonight with Mr. Kimo out of Hawaii okay. with Shut Him Down Game Farm. So I need to get prepared also and do a, a mic check and video check with him. Uh, but Sindo, 
it's been a pleasure to have you on. Um, Thank you've you seen for from having my me. Videos. Hey, it, it's it's been a pleasure. You know, we yeah. had your husband on. You know, like a year, probably over a year ago, right? I think, I think it has been, yeah. And it was bad it's signal. A, That's why I come it, over here. Signal, it was double voice. You know, it was a bunch of feedback. So yeah. he, we're going to bring him on the show because he didn't get his fair shake. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah. He didn't get his. And he fair he, shake he knows a lot more. He knows a lot more than I do. He remembers a lot more than I do. Uh, about yeah, yeah. Life. I mean, the I interview mean, was can, decent. Yeah, he can remember that, but he knows like the scientific names. Like he does right. so much research. This is just a lot of stuff, you know. I've learned it from testing, but a lot of stuff I've learned from him too, you know, telling right, me, right, you know, telling right, me about what he studied right. and stuff like that. So, right. Yes. Yeah, so we, we definitely going to let him know when you get onto the house that we definitely going to have him on the show okay. too, because All like right. I said, his interview was good, but it was a bunch of double talking and the reception was bad. bad. He, had, he had to go outside and you know, you couldn't really hear him, but mm -hmm. I, I, he was, the stuff that I was able to hear was some good information. So we definitely since we're in a better situation with a better setup. I want to have them come back on the show. Um, okay. But like I say, Cindy, it was a pleasure having you on. A lot of people were looking forward to this interview. Um, you heard about right. when I did the live stream earlier today, how I think it's extremely important, extremely important as a game file industry that we start highlighting the younger generation and, uh, and the females, the women, that's in our sport. You know, those mm -hmm. are the two backbones of the sport. And I tell people, even if the women are not out there cleaning water bowls and cups every day, they're raising those kids to like game foul. And, you know, mm -hmm. they're the ones in the yard while the, while the husbands or partners or boyfriends or whatever on a roll. The women are there making sure those chickens get fed, get watered. And I think, uh, you know, we need to start highlighting that more because y'all been in the shadow actually since the beginning of time. Y'all ain't really yeah, never had actually, no light shine though. Actually, some women, I think, actually know more about it than some of the men because over of the course. Years, especially, especially when we were young, and like yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of squabs, but like when squabs was still open, you know, uh -huh. there was a woman up there. She was probably in her sixties or her seventies. You right. know, she used to carry a little fanny pack. She had her some corn right. in there, some oatmeal right. and stuff like that. She had right. fed out chickens for her husband for years while he worked. And so after he died, you know, she still, and I love, I love talking to that woman. I talked, I love, I thought she was all, the most awesomest thing, you know, in the world, but wow. she, uh, at, you know, she would, she'd get them chickens out of there. You know, she right. had her grandson handling, but she'd get her, them chickens out of there. And I know at mm -hmm. one time they was tearing her up. I mean, she was bleeding right. at, Anthony, you know, was like, ma'am, do you want me to get that for you? And she's like, no, I right. got it, you know. And and she was like right. in her six, you know, late 60s, early 70s. Right. And, um, right. So, and and I've known other people, too, that their wives done all the feed out, all the exactly. commission, everything, exactly. because they had to work. Exactly. And, that's you know, right. their husbands would handle that's it. That's right. Yep. So. Exactly. And that, and that is that is exactly my point. Um, and that's why I say it's time the time has been been time. The time has passed, but we need to start highlighting because, again, I talk to a lot of females. I go to a lot of farms and I see who's also the backbone of that farm. It ain't always the men. You know, it's not mm -hmm. always the men. If that woman wasn't there, that farm wouldn't be looking the way it looked. I promise you that. So yeah. um, I know that. And that's why I'm making sure I bring attention to the other side of the game file industry, the females that's in the industry. Um, and also the younger generation, because, you know, we got to take an active role into educating these younger game fowl breeders so they can start producing the birds next generation that we will be proud of. 
Because if we don't yeah. teach them, if we don't mold them, if we don't groom them, the next generation game foul is not going to be better than this one. It's going to be right. worse or just about the same. So yeah. that's why I feel as though, you know, we got to take an active role into teaching these younger uh, generation because we need them to be educated enough to produce better game foul than we have this generation. So, right. um, I 100% but that's my last that. piece with that. Yeah. 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 So that's what I'm doing. Just something different. Yeah. When we was coming up, you know, information, they didn't want to give it out. And, you know, we didn't have Facebook, right. Instagram and stuff. So we had to do it the hard way. And even when we got That's ready right. to start selling chickens, you know, I would call these right. big breeders and ask them, you know, how do you ship these chickens and how do you do this? Right. And I, most right. of them would say, well, if you want to, you can just raise for me and I'll buy them from you. And, you know, you go from there. And so I had to really, really go through the research and finding stuff, yep. you know, and yep, um, that's it's, exactly right. It it would take a big load off of people, you know, if people, you know, for people mm -hmm. like your program and stuff to help, you know, they wouldn't have to right. go through so much. That's so. exactly right. That's exactly exactly right. And that's why I say these these interviews are extremely important. And sometimes I get a little twerky when I do them. But like I say, I like to approach this like everybody's watching don't know nothing at all. So this okay. way we won't miss yeah. anything. I like to get all the amount of details possible. Because as soon as you start assuming somebody knows something, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. You know, it's going to be a yeah. lot of things that's going to go unanswered because you assume that they already knew because they've been in game file for 15 years. Time mm -hmm. does not equate to knowledge. And people mm -hmm. don't understand that. Time yeah. does not equate to knowledge at all. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you understand that, you'll realize just because somebody's been doing something for 30 years don't mean he know more than a guy who's been doing it for five years. No. That's just the truth. We, we, um, got, told, we got told and told by a gentleman uh, with one of the birds we was feeding out one time. Uh, this was actually at our old place that, uh, right. you know, once you when you feed them out, you put them through stress, you know, and, uh -huh. and he kept, one of our birds kept yawning. And uh, right. he said, it's got gate worms, it's got gate worms, you know, and we put this right. little liquid, supposed to be liquid wormer. Well, actually, whenever I went up to the poultry science department, those uh -huh. uh, women and men up there and uh, even some other poultry scientists and stuff I've talked to, right. gate worms are not in Alabama. That, what? That's what they say. That's, I'm telling you, you can, I'll give you their phone numbers and I'll let you call them. They've ne Every one of them I've talked to has never seen a chicken with a gate worm in it in Alabama. Okay, they said that the reason that they were yawning is what they told me was because, it's, I guess it's the CRD, they had a little infection somewhere in their air sacs. And whenever we was feeding them out, they were gasping for air. See when that? we was putting them through stress. And we had been told, we've been putting these drops, you know, down at chicken's throat. And this man was like, you know, he'd been doing it for years, all his life, right. you know, which right. somebody probably told him that. But, you know, that's, that's what validates what I just said. It validates two things. The amount of information you can learn from getting them tested. That's the myth buster. That testing mm -hmm. lab is the myth buster. Um, and the second thing is what they just learned. Now, you know, from your knowledge, from their knowledge of the poultry science, there is no gate worm. They haven't seen a case of gate worms in Alabama. So just imagine how many people in Alabama now that think it is gate worms and, and or, or maybe treating for that. And it's not even there. You know, it's not even there. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think, like I say, this this interview was extremely informative and it went exactly like I wanted it to be to focus on the health, 
you know, sicknesses and stuff like that, not to talk mm -hmm. about breathing and all that, toe punching and all that kind of stuff. This is the information that we really have never talked about on a show, this in depth, because we done basically spent two hours just on this topic. You know, the yeah. interview was pushing like two hours now, you know what I mean? So we're yeah. pushing two hours now just on this topic, which I think is extremely beneficial. Um, I'm going to get it uploaded. Obviously, probably not tonight, but by tomorrow morning, because, you know, we got another interview tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll probably get it uploaded tomorrow and then okay. I'll share it to your page. And uh, this way we can get this information out. Um, all the viewers out there who's watching again, what y'all guys can do. A lot of guys ask me what they, what Jim, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? What you can do for me is help me spread this information, period. That's what you can do for me. That's the most effective way you can help me. That's the most effective way you can help the Journey to the Pit program is to make sure that every opportunity you get, you can share this information because it's a lot of people out there that think they know, but they actually do not know. So um, that's pretty much it. So that's pretty much it. So, okay. Sindel, you have a good evening. Hopefully, right, we'll see you, you on the next show. Uh, when you get an opportunity, remember those couple things. No, Screenshot that that the Facebook page. Take a picture of the what's the name, you know, of the um of the um screenshot the Facebook page, take a picture of the book okay. that you have, put that in the comments, and then get to the uh comment, the questions in the comments okay. as soon as you get a chance. Right. Um thank you. Let thank Anthony you for know. Me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. It was yeah, a pleasure for not only for me. And I hope I helped some people out, you know. So it maybe has. I did. It has. It has. So listen, you have a good night and uh, I'll be talking to you soon and let Anthony okay. know we're going to get him so we can get him on the show. OK. OK. All right. I'll do it. All right. Good night. All, All right. right. Bye bye. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. bye. All righty, guys. Can y'all guys hear me? Oh, okay, I see what it is. Alrighty, can y'all hear me now? Lost audio, lost audio. Audio should be intact. Alright. Dead sound. It seems like it's still dead. Okay, we good now? Okay, we good. All right. All right, so it looks like the sound is in. Um, okay, we good. We good. Some people are saying they can hear me. Some people are saying they can't. Yes, we good. Okay. All right, guys, we're good. I'm sorry about these, this uh, audio situation here. For some reason, 
um, the, the, the software is kicking a voice out. Um, I thought it was actually the microphone or the headset, but it seems like it's not really the headset. So I just want to make sure that everybody can hear me. But listen, um, it's been a great, great interview. Um, we learned a lot. <clears throat> we learned a lot tonight uh, from Sindel. And uh, she just spent two hours uh, on the, um, you know, just the health, sicknesses, worms, and different types of regiments and stuff like that. I think it was extremely important. So, again, hopefully y'all guys have learned uh, from this interview. Um, and we have another interview coming on tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is in about a little less than two hours from now. Yeah, a little less than two hours from now. So just want to make sure we good on everything. All right, guys. So um, I will see y'all in probably, I would say, um, I will see y'all guys in an hour and 45 minutes. So let's go ahead and close this show out and I'll see y'all guys then.